0: Hello and welcome to our podcast. We are New Horizons Christian Fellowship from Starkville, Mississippi. We are about kingdom family, reaching up to the Father, reaching in to each other, and reaching out to the world. We hope you will be strengthened and encouraged by the message. I I want to start out with something today. Has has anybody, uh, has somebody tried to scam you? recently. Yes. Has anybody had a, had an attempt at, at, at getting after you and scamming you? No, they what? They, they actually had? They had a success or you did? No, no, they didn't. Oh, man. What? You were trying to buy a lightsaber? <laughs> oh, you did you think it was a, like a real lightsaber? Because like like, you, you and I, we need to talk. <laughs> you know, somebody told me recently, it was an older couple that, he, uh, that shared that, that they'd gotten the, uh, something in the mail and it was a medicine that was going to help them with their pain and it boy it was just looked like it was really awesome and they sent off for the medicine and um, they were trying it it was a one-time thing there was no uh, I mean you didn't have to cancel the order or anything they just did this one-time thing and they started taking it and and as an older couple they they were living on uh, what social security gives them and it was tight I think they they're spending like uh, if If they were having to pay for it, they were spending like twenty thousand dollars a month on medicine and and uh boy, you know it happens that way and and so this couple was they they weren't having to take care of it the the system they had they were in was taking care of it, but they thought well this medicine may eliminate some of that and so they they sent the order off it came in they started taking it, and then they realized that their bank account was there's money taken out again so they called this number and said what's the deal and the lady on the other end of the phone began saying hey sorry but you you bought into this and and you've made a commitment and you're gonna have to do this this and this and and the older man said I don't know how to get out of this and he began to say that both of them had cancer and we're going through treatment. Both of them had heart issues going on. And as, as this man explained to the woman on the phone, so, some, something happened in her. And she uh, had mercy. And she said, sir, look, I'm going to take care of this. You'll never get another note from us. And she took care of it. Right then and there, it was all over A few weeks ago, in the midst of some of the most challenging time in my life, I think about about three weeks ago, I would have said that one week was the most challenging week of my entire life. And now, in the midst of that, boy, God met me. But in the midst of that, I had to find some distractions. You ever look for distractions? So... My distraction was to go on YouTube, and I thought, what what would interest me? And I thought, I want to know how to tell when somebody's lying. Wouldn't that be good? And I just thought, I'm just going to watch that. And I I got on, and I looked, and I saw like two or three things. There's one thing that stands out to me. They talked about body language. They talked about eyes and all that. But one guy asked this question. He said, it's not so important if you can tell what somebody else is saying is a lie. The question is, why do we believe a lie? That's a good question, isn't it? Do you know what the answer is? Why do we believe a lie? Because we want to. (laughs) That's the reason we believe a lie. That's the reason scams are so powerful if someone can target you and give you something that you would really like to have a scam becomes powerful so we believe the lie because we want to i'm going to give you today three things out of the word three things that will help you not be scammed three things so fields taylor take notes for fields please Three things we're going to look at that will keep us from being scammed. So let's, let's uh, turn to Matthew chapter 16, if you would. We're going to bounce around to several different passages here. But this is at the heart of it. Matthew chapter 16, verse 17. And it says, And Jesus responded... Actually, back up. Let's back up to 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But you, he asked them, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus responded, Simon, son of Jonah, you are blessed because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the forces of Hades will not overpower it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth is already bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth is already loosed in heaven. And he gave the disciples orders to tell no one that he was the Messiah. This is a foundational passage for the church. It's a foundational passage for all believers. And it speaks, first of all, to the foundation so I, I want us to think about finding the foundation. That's the first thing: finding the fi- foundation. You know, Hebrews chapter twelve says at the end of the chapter says, "Everything that can be shaken will be shaken, so that what is left is un- in the unshakable kingdom." It's God's pleasure to give to His children His kingdom. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. So that what remains is the unshakable kingdom. Y'all, if we don't start with the foundation, we make a big mistake. Now, the disciples were with Jesus in this story. And Jesus says, what are they saying? Who are they saying that I am? And they give their answers. And, And then Peter comes up with this statement. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. Now, he'd been called the Son of Man before, but this is a big statement. Not, see, the, the Jews were looking for a Messiah that was the Son of Man, but they didn't realize that he was also the Son of God, that he was deity himself. And, and, and Peter says something that didn't come from his flesh, didn't come from his natural thinking. it was revealed to him by God. And that was that Jesus was the Son of God, the Messiah, the Son of God. And Jesus says, you are Peter. Now, in the Greek, you, how many of you have heard sermons about this before, this passage? Okay, we're going to look at it in two different ways here with this the, the word rock. Jesus says, you are petros and on this Petra. Or Petra, I will build my church. And some would say, well, Petros is a a tiny pebble and Petra is a big stone. That he was saying, Peter, you're just a little pebble. You see, Jesus changed the name of Peter. He wasn't just Simon, son of John. He became the rock. Now, first of all, I'm not sure that Jesus was speaking in Greek here. He was probably speaking in Aramaic. And so instead of Petras, he would have probably said Cephas, which translated into Greek would be Petras. All right. But the point that he makes here that I want us to get first of all is that what, Je- what Peter said, that Jesus was the Messiah, the Son of God, is the foundation on which the church is built. It was a significant statement, and it rocked Peter's world. world and you find this uh, this theme going throughout the word. In fact, let's turn to Acts chapter four and see what happens right after Pentecost and Peter's preaching. Acts chapter four, verse eight. Says, and then Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit and said to them, rulers of the peop- rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today about a good deed done to a disabled man by what means he was healed, let it be known to all of you and to all of the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, whom you crucified and whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing here before you healthy. This is the stone rejected by you builders which has become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else for there is no other name under heaven given to people and by which we must be saved. Peter saw Jesus as the cornerstone. He was the foundation you know, we can, can look at, we're going to talk about the, the second part. We'll talk about Peter being a stone, and we'll look at us. But the foundation has got to be, the foundation of our lives has got to be Jesus, the Son of God. Y'all, okay, there's, there is going to be a ministry time. I think I just need to give you my three points. Get that over with, and <laughs> we're going to go in. Because they're cool points. Find your foundation. The foundation is Jesus. We we probably are going to look at this in the Old Testament and bring it forward. But the second thing is begin building. Jesus didn't just speak the foundation. I mean, Peter didn't just speak the foundation and, and, uh, and Jesus called that out. He also changed Peter's name to the rock. And the fact is, he is a stone. He is not the stone. He was the leader of the church in Jerusalem. But Peter, when you get into 1 Peter chapter 2, he says that Jesus is the living stone, and we are all like him. We are living stones. So God is taking us and building the building. So there's the foundation, and then the building goes up. Each one in this room is a living stone. And you're part of the building of the body of Christ. Y'all, I think too often we have church built out of brick, not out of stone. And wh- what we do is we conform these, this clay into a brick that looks just like everything else. And it has to be held together with mortar. But when you're using stones to build a building back in those days, you didn't have to use the mortar. What the builder would do is he'd take each individual stone and he would see how it fit with the other stones. Sometimes there would be a little bit of uh, a, a notch that needed to be knocked off of it so that it would fit perfectly. But it was the craftsman that did it, not the stone itself. As we were worshiping a while ago, I thought, man, this room is full of crazy people. <laughs> crazy, really, crazy means they're not like you. <laughs> uh, I can't, Miss Page must be teaching the children this morning. Is that, is that what's, I'm going to pick on her. I wish she was in here so I could look at her and do it. You know, sometimes in the middle of our singing, I could swear that there was an, an African lady from the jungles of Africa that does this little trill with her voice that I can't imitate. I tried to do it. <laughs> but every time it's done, I'm over here and I go, there's Miss Page. Right. Now, I can't, I can't do it, but what's more, I don't want to do that. Okay? But I like the fact that she does. Because it's, it it highlights to me that there's something different. Yeah. Now Charlotte's in here. I I'm gonna pick on you. <laughs> What's that? Now there you go. Come on. So Charlotte's up here while we're worshiping, and she's got that flag. And I thought, Becca, man, she was like inches from your face with that thing. I was going, and Becca's going, yeah. And, and uh, but Charlotte knew what she was doing. I can't wave that, well, Charlotte's going to say, I'll teach you. <laughs> I'm not sure that I want to be waving the flag. But I delight in the fact that Charlotte does. Because when she does that, I know it's okay for me to just sit there. <laughs> right? Now, don't come in here and tell me, everybody grab a flag and we're all going to wave it. That's a surefire way to get me to sit there and go, no. (laughs) And the reason is because I want everybody in here to feel like that you can worship God in spirit and in truth. And we actually embrace the diversity that's in us. And we actually value that. When we're living stones, God is setting us up. What, the way He created us, the way He made us, He is setting us up to fit together. And you don't even have to use mortar to make it stick. They just fit. Find your foundation and then begin building. Too often, we miss that found, miss the, we get the foundation and we stop. Punch that ticket to heaven and it's done. But God is wanting us to. Come together. Y'all, I've, I've been around some passionate university students in the past week. And they've had some, uh, some uh, passionate discussions about theology. And I'm, I'm, it's at my house. I'm watching this. And I know it's coming. Johnny, what do you think? <laughs> and y'all, let me tell you. When I was in my 20s, I would have been right in there with it. Boom, boom, boom. Point for point. I could argue both sides of it. And I loved it. But I find myself not getting into those discussions anymore. I find myself bringing things back to the foundation. Which is Jesus. Because what we end up doing as living stones is instead of, instead of being built together, we go find other bricks that look like us and we stack them together and try to make some kind of structure. It's going to take mortar to keep that together. But what we end up doing is separating ourselves from, from others. And what God is wanting to do is help us to value the diversity between us. Y'all, I'm not saying that theology isn't important. I'm saying it's very important. But theology, if your foundation should never change. Foundation is Jesus, Son of God. That should never change. But when you get to theologies beyond that, Oh my goodness. Any theologian that writes a book after it's printed wants to change a paragraph in it. Five years later, he wants to change a chapter. Ten years later, he may even be saying, why did I even write that book? But we build our whole lives around a theology that we perhaps are going to see change in our lives. Here's here's the bottom line question. Is the person that I'm talking to that says that they're a believer, are they, is the foundation in their life the gospel of Jesus, that foundation? Have they found their foundation in Jesus? Everything else should point back to it. Boy, I want to go to a lot of places there, but we're not going to do it. Let's, let's move to the third one. So begin building. The third one is investigate the inside. This is going to protect you from a scam. <coughs> investigate the inside. In fact, let's, let's, just, let's look at, uh, at Matthew 16 again. So, starting in chapter 16, verse 1, you find the Pharisees and the Sadducees approaching, and, and, and as a test, uh, ask him to show them a sign from heaven. So, it's interesting that there's one article for two groups there the Pharisees and Sadducees. And you, you are aware that those two argued with each other. One was legalistic, the other was very liberal and both of them had their ditches that they would fall into but they two both of those ganged up on Jesus and tried to throw out a test and Jesus didn't buy it he'd already said this a couple of chapters before he said the the only sign given to you is going to be that of Jonah three three days and nights in the belly of the fish. And, he, and he'd said earlier, that's a reference to Jesus himself uh, being in the ground for, for three days and then being resurrected. Y'all, we need to investigate the insides in us because what, what, what Jesus ends up saying here, look at verse 6. Then Jesus told them, watch out and beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Now it says that the disciples went, oh, we forgot to bring bread. And Jesus goes, he knows what they're saying. He goes, are you crazy? We just fed 5,000. We just fed 4,000. And how many baskets of bread do we have left over? I'm not talking about bread. Be careful of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. I don't want to be a Pharisee. Do you? I don't want to be a Pharisee because they're never really fair, you see. And I don't want to be a Sadducee because they're always really sad, you see. <laughs> Beware of the leaven of the legalistic and the liberal side of this. Investigate the inside of what you've got. Some some somebody said uh, there's a there's a, a, a series right now on uh that you can get. get. Uh, of of it's the stories in the Bible. It's called the Chosen. I haven't seen it, so this is not an endorsement. But I saw a discussion some some were having, and they said, "I'm not sure I want to watch that series because I don't want the image of Jesus that's in that ser- series stuck in my head." And and I went, "You've already got an image of Jesus stuck in your head, and you need to investigate the inside of that image because." What we understand of Jesus, most of it has been taught to us or shown to us by a church that probably needed some help. I'm told that that in that series that there's a a picture of the humor of Jesus, the mystery in Jesus, the way that he related to people. And, And I've heard folks that are scholars in the Bible say, it's not that anything's wrong. It actually stirs me to look and think more about Jesus. And some of the grandchildren are reading their Bibles now because they watched that, that, that uh, series. I haven't watched it yet. We're waiting for Hannah to get back. But we need to investigate the inside of what, what we've got, our thinking. We need to investigate it. It's interesting that right after Peter has this uh, experience with, with Jesus that Jesus begins to tell them about the fact that he's going to uh, be crucified. And P- Peter says, uh-uh, that ain't happening. This Peter, who is the rock, challenges Jesus when he says, I'm going to Jerusalem to be crucified and I'll raise the, be raised the third day. Peter says, no. And Jesus turns to this soon to be head of the Jerusalem church, and he says, get away from me, Satan. <laughs> we need to investigate the inside of what we're hearing from each other. See, here's the deal. Satan's lies. Satan's, Paul said in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, thank you, Lord, we've got, we're going to have, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap this up well before 11.45. That means we're going to have some time for ministry. I want you to get ready for this. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 when he talks about his thorn in the flesh, this came to me in the depths of my pain just a few weeks ago. He showed me that the thorn in the flesh, which we all try to understand what was it and all the speculations that go with it, he, Paul says it was a messenger of Satan sent to harass me so if it's a messenger of satan that means he's got a message and satan is a liar and the reason the lie of satan takes root in our heart is because we want to believe it why do we believe a lie because we want to If we don't investigate the inside, if we don't bring to light what's on the inside, we may be cultivating a a ground there that will be fertile to the lies of the enemy. So if we investigate the inside, we can expose the darkness, expose the ground that's fertile to the lie of the enemy, and as soon as we do, it gets unplugged from the power. Okay, so the three points, what are they? Find, find the foundation, begin building. So you got it. Some of you were already laughing. <laughs> to avoid the scam, call the FBI. <laughs> okay? Yes. Lord, let this stick with us. Let this stick with us. Because here's what I found. Matthew 21, verse 44, Jesus is talking about that. He he says right before, he says, uh, the stone that the builders rejected has now become the chief cornerstone. He said, if you fall on that stone, you'll be broken. But if the stone comes on you, it will pulverize you to powder. So this is at the heart of it. We come to Jesus for salvation. But the beginning of the building is surrendering our living stone of who we are to the master craftsman who builds this church. And we fall on that stone, broken. So many passionate people in here wanting to run after the Lord. And we here's where I was at 62 years of age, be 63 in July this year. I thought, for most of my life, my biggest answer to God has been, yes, yes. Some would say, I drug Debbie off into missions. And I go, no, she pushed me into missions. She's more passionate than me. Ours has been yes to God. But y'all, I found that that's proactively falling on the stone and being broken. But what ends up happening as we're investigating the inside and we're saying yes to him, sometimes there are things that we have not seen that the stone needs to crush. There were some things that were priorities in our life, years ago that were coming up great but those very priorities actually became a basis for my preaching and teaching about kingdom of god family and what i realized when that got shaken a little bit i was ready to give up on everything i thought well i'm a failure and everything i've done has been tainted by what was once a good priority. And the Lord showed me, no, that priority was good, but it's become an idol. So we find the foundation that's in Jesus. We surrender ourselves as living stones to the one that's building the building. And we investigate the inside. And as we do, Some some part of it, we fall proactively on our knees on the stone. But be sure of this. In this day, as God is preparing us for the move that we're already in, there are some things that will be pulverized to powder. And we need to welcome that. For me, that pulverizing the powder of something that I valued revealed an idol that was hidden in my life. And when I realized that, the thing that I thought that disqualified me actually qualified me. Because it wasn't there anymore. It got pulverized to powder. And now it's simply Jesus back to the foundation. Now, how do we respond to this? First of all, if you've come here today and you've been going to church or you know about Jesus... The simple foundation, it's what Peter preached in Acts chapter 4. Jesus is that cornerstone. He is the foundation. The foundation of the gospel is this, ABC backwards. Jesus crucified, buried, and arose. That's the gospel out of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Jesus crucified, buried, and arose. It's a message that we turn to. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 9 says... This is repentance. Paul says, we know how you turn, you're going this way. You turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God. So Jesus, who was crucified, buried, and arose, now is the foundation for the very life that we can live. Right before, before the Lord. This is the way we're born again. Turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God. It's a good foundation. Right there, you can get your ticket punched to heaven. But some of us need to go back to that foundation, that simple foundation, and say, this is who I am. This is, I'm falling on that stone. Some of you have had a successful week. I've talked to some of you in here. And uh, it's been one of the most successful weeks you've had. And I've rejoiced with you. But y'all, Friday I spent time with two older men who watched the love of their life pass on into the arms of Jesus. That was tough. Two different ones. Some of, one of the things the worship team got today was that hope was needed that somebody was coming in here needed hope the fact is we all do some of you are struggling and have been struggling before you came in here and God wants to meet you and give you living hope again go to that find that foundation of Jesus three words you need to memorize if you're going through a struggle ready help me Jesus that's simple. Help me Jesus. Fall on that stone and then surrender your heart, your life to him as a living stone. And then investigate the inside. Let him clean up your heart and your conscience and it will it will eliminate that fertile ground for the devil and his lies. Thank you guys for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to subscribe to us on Spotify or iTunes. If you would like to learn more about New Horizons Christian Fellowship, and if you enjoyed the music, then please visit the links in the description to learn more. Thank you for listening, and remember, the service begins now.